Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. What's happening, people? Tobin here with you. Fighters Fury here on your Sunday morning. A lot to dive into in the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Got ourselves a big UFC coming up next week. UFC 228. Big WBC welterweight title coming up between Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. We'll get into that. Wanted to start off locally here as we caught some boxing action this past Friday. We were at the Palm Beach County Convention Center for the ATM A&T Promotions card that they put on. Uh, fun card. Nice building. It was, packed, uh, it was packed to the gills as we got like midway through the card. Very competitive fights. Uh, once you got to the title realm of things, it was pretty, pretty lopsided. On the early part of things, you know, there was some, there was some weird stoppages that were going on. Some really questionable judging that was going on by the Florida Commission. I just got to say that. Uh, really, just, uh, just quite awful. I mean, it, 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 if you don't want things to seem like they're fixed, don't make it so damn obvious. I mean, that's that's as plain as I can put it. Like we. I'm there with Leroy, I'm there with Robbie, and watch some of these fights, and look, we're not professional judges, but we watch a lot of fighting. It's not hard. See, this is the thing. They try and make judging seem way more sophisticated than it is. It's not that hard to deem who wins a fight. It's really not. A lot of people put things that are into it. There are fights that are harder than others, but I would say the grand majority of fights are pretty damn easy to score. Who won a bout? A boxing match, a wrestling match, jujitsu match. You know, I I went and watched at uh, XFN a week ago. It was at uh, XFN 21 and never watched a competitive combat jujitsu match in my life. But it wasn't hard to see who won. Like, not even, not even knowing what I was in for on these ones, it's not hard to figure out who wins. So when we're sitting here, you know, Leroy, Robbie, and I, we're all saying, yeah, we got that fight. It's... It's uh three two this guy or it's it's uh it's four two this guy or you know maybe we could see three three one way and one guy wins all the rounds and he seems like he's the guy who's the hotter prospect and has the better record. What are we supposed to do with that? So there was some iffy stuff there. The reason we were there though, we were at we were at the Palm Beach County Convention Center and watching uh this fight put on by A and T Promotions to watch Tyrone Spong. You know, he's been uh he's been in our studio a couple times. We've had him on before his last two fights. And, you know, I've known Tyrone and his career prior to the boxing stuff because, you know, I'm, I dabble in all the 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 other combat sports, if you will. And I happened to be calling a boxing match last May for AT Promotions. And Tyrone was, at that point, I think 9-0. He was looking to go to 10-0. And I I recognized the name because I'd from kickboxing and from mixed martial arts. And it was fascinating to watch him. You know, he lives down here. He trained with the Black Zillions. He's combat club, all those dudes now. And now he's training with Pedro Diaz down with uh, Mundo Boxing and all that. But recognized the name. And, you know, just watch him annihilate this this poor sucker that they put him in there with in Mexico. And he even the dude looks like he has skills. He He... He has translated quite well from from kickboxing, being a 10-time world champion in kickboxing, over to boxing. And he wants to be heavyweight champion of the world. He's a very determined man. He, is, uh, he, he believes that he could be in there with the best of the best, the Deontay Wilders, the Anthony Joshua's, the Tyson Furies. And, I mean, his knockout power is something silly. It really is. I mean, in, in the words of Shannon Briggs, it is hit you with your clothes on, leave you butt naked power. It is really, really, really strong. And... I think at one point Tyron Spong had the he had the Drago record. I was I was fascinated to learn this. We learned this in our first interview with him, um, with uh with Melee Run Beast. 
he l- recently had his record broken by Francis Ngannou when Ngannou was blowing up and becoming the biggest uh, heavyweight thing in UFC, you know, before he had a bit of a meltdown. But Tyron Spong had the record before that on the on the Drago machine where they, they check your punching power. So he can crack. He can crack. It's it's legitimate. But he uh, he improved to 12-0 this past week. It was, a, it was a vicious, vicious knockout over Santander Silgado. It was a late replacement. Uh, but the dude had a lot of knockouts. You know, 25 wins, 22 coming by way of knockouts. So, uh, like it is with a lot of heavyweights, the, the man can hit. But Tyron's ball made easy work of him. And for a lot of fights that were going the distance that night, um, he got in there and he TCB'd. He took care of business, cleaned him out, overhand right, right on the chin, flatlined him, boom, hit the canvas quick, and that was the night's work. It was over for him. I think right now with Tyron Spong, I think the question becomes, you know, what becomes the next test for him? You know, he's uh, he's there was some speculation with him recently because he went over to the UFC Performance Center. Was he going to get into Zufa Boxing? Uh, we tried to get that out of him while he was here, and you know, he seems very loyal to his promoters at A and T, which you know, good for Tyron. They're giving him his start. They're believing in him. They're investing in him, and I can see why they are. I mean, the guy he could he he was uh, a big draw locally. He's a huge draw internationally if you were to take something overseas for him. And I guess the really the question becomes now, you're 12-0. and 0, He's going to be 33 next week. And the good thing for him, he's a heavyweight, so that definitely grows the window for him as far as how much time he has to really get into the elite heavyweight boxing game. He definitely will have time. Um, but he is not dumb to the idea that a guy with his kind of punching power that's 12-0, and 0, that is his age, it's not going to be easy for him to get into the game, so to speak. I mean, there's a lot of politics that go into this thing. It's hard to get fights. It's really hard to get these fights going on the local scene, even, which, you know, there was a card that was supposed to happen on Saturday night at the Seminole Casino in Coconut Creek, got scrapped four days out. And that's 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 the bastard side of the sport. You don't realize that these, these guys, they train their asses off, they put their blood, sweat, and tears, take time away from their families, and for dumb reasons, whether it be a sketchy promoter or ticket sales or business reasons or whatever, um, guy missing weight, that that it all can go up in smoke. So so many things are out of your control, and it's a very frustrating part. We've talked, uh, we've it's a very frustrating part of the sport because for those guys, so much has to be in their control when they're performing their craft. So for for Tyrone, I would like to see him get some opportunity to to fight the elite guys. Right now, he's 10 by the WBO. I imagine he's going to go up in ranking uh, after this recent win. And it doesn't feel like he's that far off. But the question is, what is it going to take for him to actually get those shots? One of the interesting storylines I think could go is some of the guys who have been kind of knocking on the door of getting a shot with Anthony Joshua have been Dillian White and Jarrell Miller with some of their ties to Eddie Hearn. But I think the thing that's fascinating about those guys is they have a kickboxing background, so to speak, um, but not to the level that Spong does. Spong's credentials as far as kickboxing goes dwarf these guys. And these guys have been kicked around as potential. I mean, Dillian White's already fought Anthony Joshua and lost, but he's on the door of fighting him probably again. And Jarrell Miller has been bantied about as a possible name. And I like watching both of those guys fight very much, but I think it'd be very fun to watch Tyron Spong fight him. Here's what he had to say on what those guys bring to the table. No, those guys are definitely the top in the in the heavyweight right now. But as kickboxers, I gotta stop you right there because that that's you not, know not, it's not no comparison. It's not even close. You know, it's it's like saying uh, some guy that that you know on on his weekends he plays some football and then he's an NFL player he's not an NFL player he's just a <laughs> hobbyist you know these guys they dabbled they, yeah they, 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 they did some stuff but not on that level with all due respect yeah but as boxers they're right there you know so I want to be the first ever to be the real thing I'm a certified 10 time world champion in six different weight classes and now I'm knocking on the door as a as a as a heavyweight boxer. That's something that nobody accomplished yet. And I'm I'm gonna just cement myself by becoming the heavyweight champion. And that was spawned with us a couple of weeks ago before uh, his knockout on Friday night. And I think that would be a fun fight. 
you know, I don't know if he's going to really be in the game for getting Deontay and Tyson Fury because we know those guys are tied up with each other. Anthony Joshua, he's as protected as it gets. I can't imagine that Eddie Hearn's going to be rushing to put him in there with a with a, a guy who, who who knocks everything out that he walks into the ring with. So, but having that kind of storyline of Tyron Spong having in his mind way bigger credentials in another sport that these guys kind of dabbled in, I think could make for a really fun fight. And I think it could also be one of those things where he could take on a Dillian White or a Jarrell Miller, and if he beats those guys, now he's got the name that he needs to really jump in there. It's great rocking through with the with the, with the the undefeated record and winning the regional things. He's got the WBC and WBO uh, Latino Heavyweight Championship, and those are great, and, and, and it is the slow climb, and he is taking respect in the slow climb. But I do think that it is, it is high time for, for them to do whatever they can to get him in there with one of these guys who actually is knocking on the door because he looks ready. I mean, it's enough already with the guys that he is out there slaying. He's doing a fantastic job, but he looks a cut above, and it's time to see what he can do with these guys. And he says, look, my credentials in kickboxing dwarf these guys. He gives their respect to what they are in boxing. He'd like to see what they are in boxing. We talked to him a couple weeks ago about his uh, his recent training session with Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz was knocking on the door of winning the WBC championship. And he seemed he he had a little twinkle in his eye about how he matched up with a guy who was very close to being the man. And I just think that for 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 Spong, it is high time that he makes moves. I you know I know that these things are there's a lot of hurdles that go into these, but I think those two, if you could get him in there with a Dillian White or a Jarrell Miller, man, I think that'd be a fun matchup. I think you got some some nice talking points. I think you got some good talkers amongst of them. Dillian White, good bleep talker. Jarrell Miller, amazing bleep talker. Um, and both uh, and both have interesting styles that they bring to the ring with it with uh, with Spong. So, I think those uh, I think those would be very very fun matchups and really could get him in the game as far as a contender would be concerned. So, just uh, something to look out for. Um, you know, thank you to uh, to to Tyron for inviting us out to the fight and uh, and getting to watch him. It was fun to watch and. Um, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll continue to follow the journey because we do with a lot of the local boxers and local MMA fighters down here. We are, we are, we are way behind it. So it was cool to see, and uh, yeah, I want to see him take out a big fish. I want to see, want to see if he can get that that real opportunity to to make his mark and and uh, and and make himself arrive in the heavyweight division because he certainly looks like he has the the right toolbox to bring to the ring. He looks like he has everything he needs. Um, I would say the only thing logistically, like if you're going to talk about what Spong has um, as far as a problem with some of the elite guys, I guess you could say his size. You know, he's a he's a he's a very very solid six two, um, so he is height wise smaller than Jarrell Miller, Dillian White, um, certainly smaller than Deontay Wilder. A lot of people are um, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua, but. Man, he can crack. He he has just he has some next level power. So, like we always say with Deontay Wilder, we're always saying what's wrong with him, what's wrong with him, what's wrong with him. But does any of that stuff matter if he can crack like the way he does? You know, if you have that kind of next level, when in a division where everybody has power, if you got the next level stuff, does it matter? That's what has to be asked. When we come back. We'll get into a little UFC 228. Tyron Woodley taking on Darren Till. A lot of controversy surrounding the making of this fight. A lot of controversy surrounding the lead-up to this fight. We'll get into it when we're back after this on Fighters Fury. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin here with you. Seema Tommy Guns out this week. Um, also, programming note for all you early birds out there, this is our last time for the football season or prior to football season will be on at 10 a.m we are moving back to 9 a.m next week because those dolphins are back so we got that to look forward to and i'm sure all of south florida is very excited today as the hurricanes start their football season it was good having football back yesterday felt bad for my boy leroy who was hurting with the michigan notre dame game but we'll hear about that on tuesday anyway so yeah just a programming note we will be on earlier starting next week as we will have the pregame show starting to be in this time slot, and we will be on from 9 to 10 
And of course, if that's too early for you, you know you can get our podcast. You can download it at uh, iTunes, all the places you can download it. You can go to theticketmiami.com and get it. It's on every platform. Have at it. Knock it out. Look up Fighter's Fury. It's gorgeous. That's all I can say. Anywho, a um, couple things I want to get into. There's some big fights coming up next week. We had a bit of a slow weekend outside of uh, the local stuff that we were able to witness in person. Nationally, there wasn't that much going on, which was interesting. You know, there was uh, we got a, we got a very busy week next week, and yet here we are this this past week, and there's not too much. I think there was some Victor going on or something like that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna take the week off. I'm gonna kneel. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a knee on that one. Just uh just. What, uh, what you guys go do that? I'm gonna I'm gonna just take up my Saturday. I watched Itania last night. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. You, you try and feel bad because, and all honesty, like the ending of it is uh, from a fighter's fear standpoint is Tanya Harding's celebrity boxing career, which which by the way is funny. I'll tie this into this week. So Darren Till, who's fighting Tyron Woodley for the welterweight championship this week. He took uh, exception to Logan Paul because Logan Paul, for those who don't know, he's a, he's a famous YouTuber. I don't really know what his material is. I never heard of the guy until he had that whole controversy with the Japanese force that went down. Never heard of him. Um, other than that, I know that Shannon Briggs did some stuff with him. Shout out to the champ. And ended up doing some promotion for this fight on the uh, the Logan and Jake Paul side. But I don't, I don't, know, their, I don't know their shtick. I know that they fight they did with KSI did incredible numbers. Like, the, a lot of people tuned in to watch that fight. A bunch of people paid the $10 in pay-per-view to watch that fight. A lot of people legal, illegally streamed that fight. But I don't know what their deal is. But now Logan Paul is doing the the, the route where he wants to fight in the UFC. Even Sage Northcutt, smart marketing move that he did, offered to fight Logan Paul. And... Maybe there's some maybe there's some uh, some stuff brewing there, but Darren Till, he uh, he took exception to this, and I'll try and clean this up as much as possible because very vulgar. Every day is hard as bleep. Every day is a little more harder as you push your physical and mental state. Then you get this bleep coming along like this YouTuber fella thinking he can mix it up in the UFC. Bleep off with your mate. Don't embarrass our sport. And. Look, I can I can jive with what Darren Till's saying. I, we've kind of been there, done that with the with the absolute circus of guys who aren't fighters going to the elite level. I, I'm super cool with KSI and Logan Paul mixing it up. I'm cool if they want to mix up another celebrity in there. I'm cool if they want to do it with a dude who's past their prime and they want to do that. But we've done the song and dance now in the UFC of seeing the celebs go about and and do it it's not easy man it's not easy he you know we're, we're talking we saw what, what happened to cm punk he got absolutely embarrassed twice really really bad really really bad one of the fights wasn't even against a ufc caliber fighter it's great that logan paul can go in there and mix it up and and and, and create some beef for a fight i don't hate on that that's that's fine i'm not into it i, I watched five minutes of it um but I don't want to see him in there with Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt goes in there, kicks his head into the fifth row, and then where are we? Like, did it prove anything? Did it get any buzz? Now, you know, if Logan Paul is good at talking trash, Sage Northcutt is obviously a great target to make fun of. People love making fun of Sage Northcutt. But, you know, to put it on the same stage as some of these guys, to think that you got to fork over over dough to see it is is a little bit disappointing. Now, would I be surprised if it happens? No. No, I wouldn't. I mean, look, this is a promotion that is desperate for promotion. They are desperate to go out there and make as many big fights as they can. And that kind of leads us into this week. This Darren Till versus Woodley fight, it's hard to think of it just as, all right, can we talk about the matchup and what it is? Can we talk about how these guys how these guys match up because of, all the stuff that went around it. You know, we thought coming out of June, it was going to be Tyron versus Colby Covington sometime later in 2018. And then this kind of just comes out of nowhere where the UFC was trying to strong arm Covington into having a unifying title fight, Covington having the interim title, Tyron being the long reigning defending UFC welterweight champion that he is. 
they hate each other. Seemed like they had some actual friction, and this was going to be a big-time, natural UFC fight. I really thought Tyron versus Covington had a chance to be the next Jones versus DC. And maybe Tyron will get in there and wax the floor with Colby. Maybe it'll be vice versa. But those guys would naturally hate each other. I could see a brawl spilling out at the MGM Grand. It had a chance to be one of the natural rivalries. No gimmicks. Uh, and the UFC could really use that. Something with a, with a real furnace under it. And they just kind of blow it up. Just to say we need a title fight for this Dallas card. I don't know if they got to deal with Mark Cuban. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if it's just to please... But I don't know how much money or how much drawing power Darren Till versus Tyron is going to have. So let's put aside for it for a second the Covington factor, okay? Let's say there is no Colby Covington. I'd be into watching Darren Till fight Tyron Woodley. But here's the other problem. How does it not feel like a guy in Tyron Woodley who has, I think, four title defenses, if not three right now, he has been in there. He's taken out number one contenders. And he's defended his belt three times now. So he's going for a fourth. How does a guy who has all this going for him, who's been in there with the likes of Robbie Lawler, who's beaten Steven Thompson, who beat Damian Maya, how does it feel like the harder opponent that Darren Till has this upcoming week is the scale? That's the thing. I'm... I feel like there's more anticipation to see what Darren Till weighs on Friday than there is to see what these two guys are like in the octagon on Saturday night. And that's a problem because we know Darren Till has problems making weight. We know that he's bragged about how much he enjoys being so much bigger than everybody else. But he, in his UFC career, half the time, Mrs. Wait, it's 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 incredibly frustrating. So, and and misses it by a lot, by the way. It's not like he kind of misses weight. In his career, he's missed it by six pounds. He's missed it by four pounds. It's a lot of weight. And he said afterwards that he didn't deserve the title fight. Everybody agreed with him. And it wasn't like this this grand buzz of of seeing Darren Till fight afterwards. So. There's a couple of problems for me to even wrap my head around the Till versus Woodley matchup. Now, if we can step back, if we can talk about just the matchup, Woodley versus Darren Till, it is fascinating because Till's a big boy. I mean, it's it was very noticeable at the weigh-ins, or at the, uh, not the weigh-ins, excuse me, the, the opening press conference for this, how much bigger Darren Till was. It was striking that this is a guy who looks not only not only that he is taller, but that the reach is much bigger, that that he seems like he uh that he just dwarfs Tyron Woodley. So it was very striking. But if we're really talking about it, it's really just a big height difference. You know, reach, same, leg reach, the same. So it's not that big of a difference. And I think if we're going to look at Darren Till, it's going to matter about what weight is he the night he gets into the cage. Is it going to be is it going is Tyron Woodley going to be able to explode through him, take him down if he needs to? Because for Darren Till, look, he is some devastating devastating striking and obviously has some very heavy hands. Um he 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 diced up Donald Cerrone in, in, in really his coming out party for the UFC. His last fight against Stephen Thompson took him a while, but he eventually put him on the canvas too, which really got him the edge in that decision. However, those are two very dangerous stand-up fighters. He's going in there in a guy with Tyron Woodley who, for a lot of crap that he gets... Tyron, in a lot of ways, has, he has become, in a way, Floyd Mayweather-esque in the way he breaks down opponents. It's not very pretty. He's not the most pleasing dude to watch in the world. But he goes in there and makes, and doesn't try to hide this, he goes in there with a textbook 
on his opponents, what they bring to the table, how he's going to try and counter them. That performance that he had against Damian Maya, a lot of people hated it. But if you go in there against Damian Maya, you're going in there to not get choked out. He also fought him with one arm. But he is in there trying to not get this absolute bow constrictor around his neck and doing enough just to win. Was it a boring-ass fight? Yeah, it was boring. But boring by design. Damian Maya makes a lot of people look boring. That's what he does. You know, if Damian Maya is not choking you out, we're probably spending the entire Damian Maya fight waiting and watching for him to either choke you out or to or to or to watch you pepper him up. So, I don't know. For me, and then you look at the Wonder Boy fights, very very even, very very close. But you're talking about a dangerous, dangerous dude he's in there with in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And you're not going to put a lot of risk in those fights because everybody knows that Wonderboy can uncork one of those wild karate kicks upside your head and it, you're out. So they're not, they're not in there. You're not going to go in there just going crazy. The one fight that he did, look, this is the where, where Tyron Woodley's always going to have just absolute clout with me whether you think he's a boring fighter whether you're not whether you think he whines too much outside the octagon I'm not gonna say you're wrong but look he flatlined Robbie Lawler and at the time that dude was the scariest guy in the UFC Robbie Lawler's probably my favorite UFC fighter of all time I love Robbie Lawler and he the, the knockout that he put on him was absolutely scary I mean Robbie Lawler didn't really come back for over a year after the, what Tyron Woodley did to him. So you know that that danger is there. Um, I guess the question is going to be, like, what what kind of game is Darren Till going to be playing this week with his body? Is it going to be a monster struggle for him? Is he going to go blind in the midst of making weight? Um these are the things you really got to ask. I don't, and I don't feel like they're they're great stylistic matchup questions, but they're also impossible to ignore. You know, if he goes in there and he could keep Tyron at a better distance that, than Steven did, if he could put a little bit more damage on 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 Woodley's chin, yeah, maybe that's a question. Other thing you got to wonder about with, with Tyron Woodley, it's coming off an injury, uh, hasn't fought in over a year, says that his shoulder's 100%. So we'll see what the case is there, but he's going to be testing that for the first time. And Tyron, uh, Darren Till's definitely been more active. He's been in there with some dangerous dudes. So that's that's one check that you could put for Darren Till. If Darren Till is able to make it weight with ease, if this is all for naught, um, if he if he steps on that scale in his championship weight and there's no weight period and he just blows through it, is all that mental stuff kind of washed away? I don't know. Um I think the question will be this, you know, if Darren Till is able to beat Tyron, what will be the matchup that, if he's finally able to get over that hurdle, because I feel like that is a big one, he's probably getting the title shot too soon, he probably doesn't deserve it, but if he does end up the champ, will that, will he be able to keep the reign going, you know, he's a young man, so will he be able to keep the reign going, and will he be able to be the guy who 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 reigns long in this division because he is going to have a significant mass advantage to a lot of his opponents. I mean, and if you look at the top guys there in Tyron and and Colby and Kamar Usman, you know those guys their bread and butter is is the wrestling game. And so the question is going to be is you know can they can they move a, a guy who is that thick who is that massive uh, in there with him? sure they've been in there wrestling with a lot of big dudes in their careers um and then the other big question is would they be able to if if the wrestling isn't there if if Darren Till's takedown defense is strong do they have anything to to really fire back I think Tyron out of those guys definitely does that dude has lights out power if he hits you right um but it's not very diverse it's kind of just the it's kind of the the one the one bomb that he's got you know, Kamara, we haven't really seen that that toolbox uncorked yet. Colby is definitely a guy who just gets you by volume and swarms you. 
So it's a it's an interesting one, but this definitely feels like maybe the toughest hurdle that Till is going to have at welterweight for the time being. And right now, the biggest hurdle is, is he going to beat that scale on Friday? Because this fight is happening for all the wrong reasons. It's happening at the wrong time. It's not supposed to really be this right now. But it's here. Fight week is here. And the other thing is, you know, for for these two guys, the thing that's a shame is they want Darren Till. They, you know, there's been talks that can he be the next – it's tough saying this, but is is he the next international guy to have that Conor McGregor torch, you know? And, yeah, Darren Till, like a lot of Brits, can talk a lot of bleep. He's a good talker. Hard to understand. I'm not going to lie. He's got he's got he's got marbles in his mouth. But they do, you know, you saw if you guys didn't see, I'll retweet this. Uh BT Sports put out this really cool pump up video for Darren Till being from Liverpool. His last fight was in Liverpool. You could tell that he was a big deal in his hometown. Those people in Liverpool support their own. So when he fights, it's going to probably feel very big if he has that support come from behind him. But but this is always lost with the Conor McGregor stuff and when you think the guy's going to be the next McGregor. Does he have the results to back it up? Because his most highlight reel knockout was on a fight pass overseas. Not a lot of people saw it. Um, <laughs> but the idea that he needs to go in there and start, if he wants that, he's going to need a run of starching people in the first round if, if he thinks he's going to be that. Because he talks the great game and he has that going. But... You need that. You need that run. I mean, this is his opportunity. If he want, if they think he's going to be that against Tyron Woodley, then he needs to he he needs to make quick work of him or make it look very very uh, very very lopsided for that to be legit. I think. And as far as Tyron's concerned, look, Tyron's been hunting a big fight for a long time, and I felt like he was finally given one where it wasn't him having to chase GSP or McGregor or a Diaz brother. He had a natural rival. The problem is, is once this fight goes down, they say they're stripping Colby Covington. And if I was Tyron Woodley, I would tell you, look, this fight happened under messed up circumstances. But don't take away Tyron, don't take away Colby Covington's interim title. For that run, for, but that's who I want next. I want to fight Colby Covington next. Maybe at the end of the year, maybe in December, maybe in January. Do not take that interim title from him. Keep it on his shoulder so we can have that for the press tour. Because it'll make it feel that much bigger. Anyway, so let's pick this one. For some reason, man, I I, I feel like Tyron Woodley's going to come out of this thing winning a decision. You know, there's been a lot of cardio questions in the past about Tyron Woodley. It feels like he's answered a lot of that. I mean, his last three fights have gone five rounds. He's looked pretty fresh late in those fights. Uh, especially the Wonder Boy fights. So... I'm leaning Tyron Woodley to win a decision here. I don't think he knocks out Darren Till, but I think he's going to find a path to win. I'm very impressed with how he's been able to break down his opponents lately. With Darren Till, his last fight with Wonderboy went five rounds. He did uh, he did put him down late, but I do feel like Tyron brings a a much harder style to drag into deep waters, and so that idea that he is going to probably have issues making weight this week. Um, I'm leaning towards Tyron Woodley winning a decision over Darren Till and and retaining his title for a fourth time in a row. That's where that's where I'd go with it. If I if if I if I had to pick one way or another. If Darren Till wins, I assume that he's gonna starch Tyron Woodley. I don't I don't see a scenario where he's picking him apart for many arounds. Um but man, it's been a while. When was the last time we've seen Tyron get put down? Like, was it Nate Marquardt? It's been a long time since we've seen Tyron Woodley get put down flatline like that. So, yeah, um, you know, it's more of I, I don't have – it feels for Darren Till he's getting this fight too quick. It doesn't feel like he has everything kind of lined up for him. You know, sometimes that stuff doesn't matter. You know, TJ Dillashaw was the biggest underdog ever. And ended up winning and beating Henan Burrell and was one of the best bantamweights of all time. So it's not to say it can't be done, um, but I just, uh, I'm leaning Tyron Woodley to take this one. So I'm going to go Tyron Woodley wins a decision over 
Darren Till. And hopefully we get the Covington fight next. That's really, that's the, um, maybe I'm speaking that into existence. One thing we didn't talk about, um, Woodley is refusing to fight Kamara Usman if Till misses weight. And I find this fascinating. I understand why Woodley doesn't want to do it. Woodley already feels like he's doing a favor as it is for this fight. And the idea that you'd have to go and fight a guy in Usman who is about as opposite a fighter as you can get from Darren Till. You know, a guy who is going to try and take you down and and put you know put you into a pretzel and, and beat you up is about as different as it can get from a dude who is a, a Muay Thai specialist striker, wants to keep it on the feet. Um, Usman and you are more of an equal build. So I get why Tyron doesn't want to make that emergency thing happen, I guess. The only benefit to Usman being there, if that is the case, if he's going to refuse that fight, is going to be if he uh, if he doesn't, if uh, if one of these guys gets injured, you know, if something happens like that. The other thing that's going to be interesting is, you know, the UFC, Willie hasn't fought in a while. Will the UFC strip Tyron Woodley if he doesn't? Will they do bully tactics? So we know they don't have the greatest relationship in the world. I hope they don't because he doesn't deserve that to happen. Um but that'll be an interesting one. That'll be an interesting one. If uh, if if Till doesn't make weight, and it's to the point where he can't fight. If he can't make weight, though, do you just do it to have a title fight, or do you just or do you do the fight? Yeah, I understand the risk of your champion losing, but even still, this fight probably isn't going to do the greatest business in the world. It's not the sexiest matchup in the world right now because I don't feel like it had much time to simmer. They, they really put this one in the microwave. Um, then you're going to switch up the title match in a couple days. At that point, it just feels like a wash. Like You should just cut your losses, see the ladies fight, and, and that's that. Because um, under these guys, it's one of the weakest pay-per-views they've put on in a while. And they've been doing a good job with the pay-per-views. I'm just telling you, this one is one of the weaker ones they've put forth. Um I get, I get why Tyron doesn't want to do that, though. And um, it's funny just because Kamara Usman doesn't even – it felt like in, in the rankings of, you know, Colby, Till, Usman, like he was definitely third in getting the title reigns. And he's, he's you know, it's, it's arguable that he's maybe got more talent out of any of these guys that's in that contendership, but he hasn't really had that breakout performance yet. Uh, if he gets it this way – it's cool, but you are really just bursting on the scene and say, hey, here is Kamar Usman out of nowhere. He is your welterweight champion. Um, that's that's going to be a, a little bit of a rough one for your division too because now you would have a guy on top who has a lot of unfamiliarity with a, a lot of your even fringe UFC audience. But we'll see, man. This is uh, this will be an interesting – if nothing else, this is going to be a very interesting fight week. I don't think this is going to be a fight week that lacks interest. Tyron's scheduled to join us on the midday show, I believe, on Wednesday. So there'll be a lot of stuff that's going on uh, around this one. I'm I'm fascinated by this fight week. It's not necessarily, and I'm looking forward to the main event. Definitely not the most anticipated UFC in the world, but there's a lot of stuff I want to see this week on the bubble that we'll be covering. So you know, there's that. And as far as the rest of this card, kind of, bleh. you know, there's there's a women's flyweight title, Nico Montano versus Valentina Shevchenko. I don't know Nico very much. I know she's been injured. I know she won that on the Ultimate Fighter. I didn't watch that season. Um, and Val- Valentina Shevchenko is a, she's 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 a bad she's a bad woman. She can do some real damage. So I'll pick her to win because that's the one I know more. Um, and she's been she's been active and she's been in there with the absolute best. And you know I I wouldn't be surprised if she walks away the champ in this one. And the big disappointment was we were supposed to get this fight Zabit versus Yair Rodriguez, and Yair fell out. And so Zabit is now fighting Brandon Davis. So I, I guess we're going to see if the Zabit hype machine can keep going because people were very into him after his last win. Um, so you got that to look forward to as far as fight fans. You got uh, Jessica Andrade versus Kalina Kowalkovich. Um, she's always got that menacing look where she leans up against the cage, and Jessica Andrade is uh, – is 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 an absolute menace so you know you got some you got you got some some good fights here but it's definitely not the grandest card in the world 
We come back. We'll get into a little bit of the uh, the WBC welterweight title that's coming up next week between Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. A big one in the kind of love triangle that's going on at the welterweight division. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. So I want to get into a little bit of a boxing coming up next week so we have we touched on ufc 228 that's a big one next week you got a nice card on hbo as they are showing off the flyweights which is cool 24 7 started up this week and i gotta tell you it kind of reinvigorated my my desire for canelo triple g you know i feel like 24 7's been a little bit flat and i almost felt like the promotion for the fight was a little bit flat but the cool thing about it was it, it went over the storyline tremendously. They had a lot of stuff to sink their teeth into with Canelo versus Triple G. And it, it really brought my interest back for the fight to a very, very high level. You could tell the disdain these dudes had for each other. They do not like each other at all. Um, <laughs> it, it was cool seeing seeing Triple G just have that, that, that real disdain for Canelo. And Canelo feeling like it's all excuses. Like, Ooh, I don't know what it is. But... 24-7 did a just tremendous job in bringing people back to why this fight is a big deal. And one of the things that was missing from the last fight, you know, that was, it was a big thing with Triple G and Canelo that it was great. You had two of the best going up against each other, and that was kind of enough. But the problem, that it had a couple things going against it. One, it was right after... Mayweather versus McGregor. So everybody was excited. Oh, we got finally getting Canelo versus Triple G. But it was kind of dwarfed by the ultimate circus. So everybody who had a craving for fights, they're like, yeah, but I want to watch, I want to watch the mess. I want to watch Canelo versus I want to watch McGregor versus Mayweather. Like, we don't have a Triple G versus Canelo poster up here, but we got Mayweather McGregor. By the way, it was the past uh, year. It was a it was the one year anniversary of that. And you know, you understand why Oscar De La Hoya was so pissed about it. He was so upset that that thing even went down. But even with the fight being an awesome fight, that's kind of just all it was. It was an awesome fight. And, and just being what it is, you know, these this day and age, you need a little bit extra. So though the positive test for Canelo sucks and it delayed the fight, it was supposed to be last May, and it was very frustrating for Triple G to go through it. Triple G's such a nice dude all the time. He's like, yeah, say a little big drama, sure, hey. And he's just going to smile, and it's just, all right. I want Gennady Golovkin to be an absolute menace. I want Triple G to be the guy who's out there just just absolutely looking to crush dudes. And that's what he did in his last fight. When he went in there and he had that that make-good fight. I don't even remember who that was. Who was that dude that, uh, that, he, that he fought on short notice? Doesn't matter. I remember Ronda Rousey was dude's trainer, so you knew that he had a bad, he had a, he had a bad camp behind him. But... Triple G went in there with bad intentions, and that's the guy I want to see against Canelo Alvarez. You know, he took it was it was cool seeing him that he was in this position of being a guy who had more to his toolbox that we knew in Gennady Golovkin. But we want to see Triple G be just an absolute wrecking ball, and I think that's the guy we're going to get in this fight. I don't think there's going to be a lot of messing around and and trying to set. Canelo up. These guys know each other. They have 12 rounds of it now. And and if you don't recall, look, on that fight, I had it a draw. I had it a draw. I understood where those cards are coming from. The thing that made it frustrating for Triple G, just like uh, somebody scored that, somebody scored that 10-2 for Canelo. Like, what? It just felt like it was in the bag. So you not only have a, a situation where it felt like Triple G was getting screwed from the start, then you have the fact that his opponent tested positive for clenbuterol he's just got a lot of a lot of stuff to bite into here and they don't like each other obviously canelo doesn't like the fact that his name is getting dragged through the mud through all this it just has a lot a lot of things the fans can wrap their arms around and and i think this rematch is going to have so much of the other stuff that the first fight didn't and i think it'll make people almost more excited to see this one go down and i know that there's been some talks well as far as combat fans are concerned of Connor fighting two weeks later, is that going to take away some of the buzz? I don't think so because this, first of all, there's a couple things. One, it's not boxing going against boxing. I mean, say what you will about Floyd versus 
Connor, uh, it was a boxing match. And so you have two boxing pay-per-views that are going very close to each other. Um, this is UFC versus boxing. So you do have fan bases that are going to divvy up there. And the other thing is, the interesting thing with this Conor McGregor fight that's coming up, I don't know how much he is going to be in the limelight. You know, there's a, there's a lot, there's a report this week that came out from Dave Meltzer, who does reporting for wrestling and the mixed martial arts, that a lot of people at the UFC are frustrated by the fact that Conor is not really doing press for this fight. And there is precedent for this. This happened with Ronda Rousey um, for her fight with Amanda Nunes, that she refused to do press. She wasn't going to do any press. She was showing up for the weigh-in and showing up for the fight. And that was it. And you understood why the UFC wanted to do that. It probably didn't do Ronda the greatest service in the public eye. But business-wise, the fight still did monster, monster numbers. So there really wasn't grand repercussions for Ronda not doing press. So for Connor, I can't imagine there's going to be great repercussions for him not doing press until the week of the fight. I'm sure he'll do a press conference the, the, the week that it happens, and they'll get something that'll get the fans excited. But as far as doing the tour, Dana said no world tour. And he said that it didn't need it, but maybe it's just that Connor didn't want to do it. But the other thing is that Dolly video, all that coverage that Connor put forth before this fight kind of gives him all the material he needs. So they don't really need Connor to go and do a bunch of bleep talking press conferences. You know, there's bad blood here. They got plenty of material to make videos. Um, but one thing that I think that will do is it'll take the, the currency out of it. And therefore I don't think will affect the canal triple G stuff too much. So anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of my little rant on what's gone down in, uh, in the, in the realm there, but Getting into coming up this week, we have Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. They're going to face off on Showtime for the vacant WBC title. This was this was Keith Thurman's title. Keith Thurman has been out with injury, and WBC had a choice to make. They're usually the quickest to to strip out of everybody else. And here's the problem they had to deal with. Um Keith Thurman not only wanted to is not only hurt, but he wants time when he comes back healthy, and he uh, he re-aggravated an injury. So I understand the WBC was at a point where they got to move on to a new title holder. They need to. This is the thing with Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia. It's a fun fight. Two really really talented guys. Um, I'm leaning Garcia early. I just think he's a little bit more well rounded. Um, Sean brings probably the more natural welterweight body to this thing and if he gets if he can if he can rough up Danny a little bit if he get him to play his game inside you know can still find a way to win I just think Danny's got um more ways to find a way to win in this fight you know we haven't really seen that 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 power as much from Danny Garcia the one that really burst him onto the scene um but it feels like whoever wins this fight, they need to do what they can to fight one of the other welterweight titleists. Um, obviously, there's an easy path there for whoever wins this fight to fight Errol Spence because they're both Showtime fighters, and that needs to happen. They need to they need to see who can get in there with Errol Spence and and take that 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 shine away from him. It's going to be hard to imagine that either of these guys winning are going to want to go fight Terrence Crawford, ESPN fighter, top-ranked fighter, more of the pie to split up for the promoters. I can't imagine that that's going to be an easy fight to make. But look, man, I, if, if you're going to put this 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 quadrant out there of Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, the two guys fighting this weekend, to me, fall third and fourth in those discussions. You know, to me, Terrence Crawford is the best pound-for-pound guy on the planet right now. Errol Spence maybe slightly behind him. Um, that's the fight I eventually want to see. So whoever comes out of this, it'll be great seeing them. But these two guys are in this weird place of, hey, I'm cool seeing them. I'm cool. See you know, it's like it's kind of like when Joe Parker fought Anthony Joshua. It's like, you know, I'm cool seeing Joe Parker fight Anthony Joshua. 
It's a good fight. I'll be into it. It's competitive, but it's not the fight that I want to see. Eventually, I want to see Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. That's the welterweight championship I want to see. That's the fight. That's the fight we're all clamoring for. So, look, whoever comes out of this this weekend, I'll lean Danny Garcia. But Danny Garcia versus Errol Spence, it's great. I'm into that fight. I'll watch that fight. It's good for Errol Spence. He's going to step up in competition. But it's not the fight I want to see. And so that's what you got to take into account when going into this thing. When we're talking about who is going to be the man at welterweight. Um, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm into it no matter what. Um, definitely going to be tuning in. But there, there's a little bit of lack of buzz there as far as that's concerned for me. So that's something to look out for for next week. And uh, we'll see what goes down, man. It's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun couple of months here. We got this coming up. Connor's coming back. We're going out to Vegas for Triple G versus Canelo too. Um, and then of course we got uh, I, I I expect that we're gonna get an announcement of a date next week for Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, which will be a lot of fun. Um, and we have Anthony Joshua coming back in October. So it is it is an absolute stacked. Last part of this year coming up for boxing and mixed martial arts. There's a lot of great things that are coming down the pipe and very, very much looking forward to it. But the McGregor thing is fascinating. How much he's going to be doing as far as press is concerned. Because here's the thing. With Ronda and not doing the press, you know, she had a legit beef with the press. Connor's never really had a beef with the press. Connor loves the press. He loves... The limelight loves the microphone, and that's that's yes, the wins matter, but the the press really is what made him what he is. Um, so him not feeding the beast there will be interesting on how how will people cover him going into this because even with this already having a lot of pre-fight promotion, people want to see those two trash talk. They want to see those guys go back and forth, and that is part of the appeal of watching him. It is part of the show, even if it's not the show you pay for. And him not being willing to do that or not wanting to do that until fight week, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is from that in the, uh, in the coverage for UFC 229. But we'll get, to that, uh, we'll get to that when we come to it. Everybody have a great rest of your Sunday. Have a nice long weekend. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.